Pastor Chris's podcast. A long time ago, in a land far away, God's chosen people lived in Canaan. A teenager named Joseph was full of God's spirit, which made him dream and showed Joseph the meaning of the dreams. The dreams revealed a glorious future, but also great trouble. Because even when God has great plans in store, things fall apart. Joseph was gifted by God and loved by his father, but Joseph was also young, spoiled, and arrogant. His brothers hated him. Their father, Jacob, loved Joseph more than them. He showered Joseph with praise, cuddled him, coddled him, and gave him special gifts like the custom-made multicolored coat Jacob made just for Joseph. The brother's hatred of Joseph was fueled by jealousy and by Joseph's own egoism. He never missed the opportunity to rub his status as the golden child in their faces. But dark days were coming because even for God's people, things fall apart. It's a story that goes all the way back to the beginning of time. I'm not talking just about the story of Joseph. That's only one series of stories in the midst of the story. The story of God's salvation of humanity. No, I'm talking about the story of how things fall apart. Things have been falling apart ever since Genesis. For God created a perfect world and he made a perfect garden and he made a perfect people for perfection. And that's why he gave them the ability to choose how they would live in this perfect world. Because that was the only way to give them the ability to love. Love is always a choice. It must be a choice. You cannot will someone or force someone to love. They must choose to love of their own free will. That is the only way real love can exist. And God loved his creation. And God loved the people that he made to be stewards of his creation. And God hoped his people would love him too. But God could not make them would not make them, for he wanted their love, if they chose to love him, to be genuine and sincere. And to start with, the first humans did love God, and they obeyed him when he said, do not eat from any tree, or do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But then Satan, that crafty, deceitful, shamefully evil serpent, slithered into God's garden and tempted the first woman and man. And so she ate some of the fruit, and she gave some of the fruit to her husband, the fruit that God had told them they must not eat. And so that day, they chose to love themselves and their own ambitions more than they loved God. That was the first time things 
fell apart. Sin entered the world. God's perfect world became corrupt. He, his people became corrupt. You can read all of the stories in the Bible, story after story, of how Cain murdered his brother Abel and evil continued to grow after generation after generation. And people became so wicked that the only solution, the best solution, was for God to wash the whole world clean with a flood. And he started over again with a man named Joseph. And even then, things continued to fall apart. Even as God actively worked to save the world from sin, things fall apart. Right up till the present day. And of course, we're living in a time now in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic where we make our plans and then they fall apart. Uh, They were talking about having school begin in our area at the beginning of this month. And then, of course, uh, we got closer and things fell apart. And they had to push back that date until August the 31st for Whitfield County. And so we're hoping that the students will be able to go back to school then. But we are smart enough now and wise enough now and experienced enough now that we know that that's just a target date that um, there is a good chance that we may get close to that date and things will fall apart again and we will have to change. That's just the nature of the uncertain times in which we live. But where was I? Oh, Oh, that's right, I was talking about Joseph. Joseph, that bright young man with a bright future, but things fall apart. I want to read to you and you listen from Genesis chapter 37, I'll be reading verses 9 through 13 and then verses 18 through 21. But listen to the story. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brother about it, brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their flocks, their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are pasturing the sheep. At Shechem, get ready and I will send you to them. I am ready to go, Joseph replied. And then in verse 18, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him at the distance. As he, was approach, as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben heard about their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. Have you ever made really good plans only to have them 
fall apart. I was so excited that Abigail and I were planning to go to see the Redwood Forest. You see, in our family, um, Kelly and I made this decision early on as parents. I read something by James Dobson about parenting, and he said, he said, you basically have 13 years to raise your kids. He said, because until they're 13, they think you're great. And then from 13 to 18, they think you're an idiot. So he said, you basically have 13 years to raise your kids. And then the rest of the time, you're just supervising and making sure they don't kill themselves. And, and so we kind of made a decision. That's kind of how we were going to parent. We we're going to try to get our kids raised by the time they're 13. And then supervise them for the rest of the time. And, and so as part of that, we also decided we were going to, when they turned 13, take them on a special trip where we sort of honor them as having reached an important milestone in their life, letting them know that we were going to trust them to make more decisions for themselves. We were going to be there to back them up and to help them and keep them out of trouble, but we were going to trust them much more after they turned 13. And so that's why, you know, that's the way we've tried to do things. And, and that's why I really trust Grace when she goes off to college, because I, I know that she's really been making a lot of these decisions for the last five years already. And we've just sort of been there to watch over her. And now that she's 18 and she's off at college, I know that she's had lots of practice and she can do this. I have total confidence in that. Um, well, we asked Abigail where you would like to go, and she said, I'd like to go see the Redwood Forest in California. So I thought, that's great. I'd like to see that too. So I was excited. I booked uh, plane tickets to fly to uh, Portland, Oregon. We were going to drive down the Pacific coast, taking our time for several days, stopping. I booked hotels all along the route, and we were just going to go see all these sites, stop in and see the Redwood Forest and then go down to uh, San Francisco and see the place where they filmed uh, Full House and then fly back to Atlanta. And we had this all planned for the last week of March. And so as we were getting ready to go, all of this COVID stuff happened. And I kept holding out thinking, we're still going to do it. We're still going to be able to do it. And one by one, Things just fell apart until we weren't able to do it. And even to this day, it's been six months since we've been in, in all of this. And we haven't been able to reschedule that because it's so hard right now to make those kinds of plans. Um, things fall apart. Things fall apart. If God's plans for people often fall apart, why are we surprised when our plans fall apart. Joseph's brothers hated him and planned to kill him. Reuben secretly planned to save Joseph. He hated Joseph too, but it's one thing to hate someone, it's another thing to murder them. And so Reuben didn't want that, and that's, that's why he decided he was going, he, he kind of, craftily interjected, let's don't kill him, let's just throw him in the well. And he's thinking, later I'll come back and I'll rescue him. But before that can happen, something messed up his plans. His plans fall apart. And they end up selling Joseph into slavery. Well, we never know 
when our plans are going to fall apart. But there's one thing that's certain in uncertain times. Plans are going to fall apart. Well, let's read how the story goes. In Genesis chapter 37 through 20, 23 through 36, the story goes on. Listen. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off his beautiful robe that he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then, just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Joseph said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to the Ishmaelite traders. After all, he's our own brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern when he discovered that Joseph was missing. He tore his clothes in grief. Then he went back to his brothers and lamented, The boy is gone! What will we do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph, was cle- Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then, Joseph, then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. Says the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What a terrible, terrible waste. Joseph was just about the same age as my daughter, Grace, who's just started her first semester in college. And I think of my daughter, so young, so full of potential, with such a bright future ahead of her. That was Joseph. Joseph had a blessing. God's hand was upon him. God had given him the gift of being able to dream, dreams that that God allowed him to interpret about what was going to happen in the future. What a a miraculous superpower Joseph had that could have been used for good. And then this happened. And who's to blame for all of it? Well, of course his brothers are to blame. That's obvious. Their murderous actions were pure evil. How could they do that to their own flesh and blood? You should never hate someone. Because look what it leads to. And I don't care how much you dislike someone or how much you hate someone, you should never even consider 
murder. But that's what they did. They ruined a young man's life, ruined their father's life, they ruined their family's life by their actions. They're to blame. But even so, Joseph's brothers aren't alone in their blame. They're not the only ones. Let's be honest. Joseph's father is a little bit to blame too. Jacob loved Joseph more than he loved his other sons. And he didn't even try to cover it up. If Jacob had loved his sons all the same and treated them fairly and treated them equally, they wouldn't have been so jealous that they wanted to see Joseph dead. And what about Joseph? Isn't he a little bit to blame too? Didn't he relish being his dad's favorite son? Didn't he go out of his way to rub it in his brother's faces every chance that he got? I'm not saying that any of this justifies what Joseph's brothers did. But I hope that you can see that all of these people share a little bit of the blame when things fell apart. Even Adam and Eve, the first man and woman in the Garden of Eden, share some of the blame because they were the ones who chose to disobey God's will and to eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, thus bringing sin and corruption into the world. And here we see where that leads. As we sit here today, or as we sit in our living rooms, watching online, we must all recognize that each one of us shares some of the blame for what happened to Joseph. Because sin is part of our lives and part of our nature, and we contribute to the evil that exists in the world, and that evil makes things like this happen. That evil is what causes things to fall apart. Joseph was sold into slavery. But God still has plans for Joseph. And God is omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent. And when things fall apart, God is still in control and He's still at work. And somehow, some way, God takes things that fall apart and He turns them into something beautiful. But in order to see if if and how God redeems this broken story of Joseph and his brothers, you're going to have to come back next Sunday for the next episode. Some of the most beautiful art that is created is mosaics. It's made with mosaics. A mosaic is a picture or a pattern that is produced by arranging together broken pieces of tile and glass. It takes incredible vision and artistic ability to, to, make those, uh, to, to, to make those intricate mosaics, which may consist of millions of tiny broken pieces. However, the results are stunning, as you can see in this picture of a mosaic in Turkey that is 2,200 years old that they discovered. And it's so intricate, you can't even tell that it's a mosaic. It looks like a painting. Our lives are like the broken pieces 
of a mosaic in the hands of God. We see our plans falling apart. We see only broken pieces. But God has a vision and a plan. And He uses even the brokenness to make something indescribably beautiful that we can't even imagine or foresee. God had a plan for Joseph. God has a plan for you too. And it doesn't matter if you messed up with your kids like Jacob, if you struggle with jealousy and murder like Joseph's brothers, doesn't matter if you're arrogant and proud like Joseph or if it's something else. If your plans fall apart and you don't know where to begin putting the pieces back together, you have to trust the maker and the master of it all. God has a plan for you and nothing can thwart his plan. Even if everything falls apart and breaks into tiny pieces, God can put it all back together in ways that you can't even imagine. But you've got to be patient. And you've got to trust God. When things fall apart, you will be tempted to do one of two things. Either to give up or to try to put it all back together yourself. And it won't work. God, and only God, through Jesus Christ, has the, the, the wisdom, the power, the love to redeem your broken life and your broken plans. And when he does, it will be more beautiful than you can even imagine. Do you trust him? Do you trust him and will you let him work out his plans for you through the broken pieces of your life? Let's bow our heads and I invite you to talk with him now. Share with him whatever brokenness or whatever plans you are making that fell apart. Share that with him and let, just trust him and ask him to put it back together just the way he wants to.